Hi, it's Laura Huey here from the Canadian Society of Evidence-Based Policing, and you're joining me for the EBP Academy. This series, as you know, is on Canadian criminologists who've made substantial contributions to our knowledge. So far, I've been focusing pretty much exclusively on researchers who do policing-related work, but I wanted to include uh, another Canadian criminologist who's made a huge impact globally in relation to his work, and he does not do policing research. He focuses on sentencing. And I know that uh, criminal justice sentences is a topic that is of endless source of frustration to lots of police officers, and let's face it, to a lot of citizens. So why not close out this series by talking about the work of Julian V. Roberts? So Julian Roberts, just a little bit of background, is no longer here in Canada. One of the unfortunate uh, tendencies is we get great Canadian scholars and other universities in the States and the UK lure them away. And I can't remember the exact timing of this, but Julian Roberts was at the University of Toronto with Richard Erickson, Clifford Shearing, Janet Chan, and a number of other scholars. And they, you know, Richard went off to Vancouver and then he ended up at Oxford, came back to Toronto, and I believe Julian Roberts took his place at Oxford. So we, we lost Julian Roberts, which is really unfortunate. But that said, if Oxford would like to give me a call, I'll be standing by. Okay, let's talk about, I think, the most substantial, for me personally, the most substantially interesting um, arguments that, that Roberts has constructed with his sentencing research. And just a little bit more background, he's done, looked at sentences in Canada, England, Wales, Israel, the United States, Scandinavian countries, you name it, he's probably looked at their sentencing data. Back in about, I want to say it was about 2002, he produced this book, which was a comparative study of sentences in about five different countries, including Canada. The term at the time that was really popular was something called penal populism. Penal populism, which means uh, popular, like, uh, Punishment, sort of like public attitudes towards punishment, and the harder the punishment, the more popular, the the more popular a, a particular law would be. So, you know, you have to think back to the 1990s. We started to see the rise of sentencing reforms, typically named after victims, like Megan's Law, or Christopher's Law, or so and so's law. And the idea behind that, it was a little bit cynical on the part of politicians. The idea was to, to pass some sort of get tough on crime sentencing legislation named after a, a victim, usually a cute little white, blonde-haired, blue-eyed girl, and get public sentiment riled up in favor of this legislation so that that politician would be voted in in the next election. By the way, if you want to read the work of a great scholar who also talks about penal populism, you should check out the work of Jonathan Simon at UC Berkeley. He's done some fantastic work in this area. And another one, David Garland at NYU, New York University. But let's get back to Roberts. So Roberts looks at the rise of this penal populism, this idea that, you know, uh, get tough on crime will, is a, you know, it's a quick way to get reelected. And he 
traces this, as I say, in five different countries, including Scandinavian countries, Canada, and so on. What he argues is that in the late 1990s, despite the fact, and the early 2000s, despite the fact that we had uh, we had a liberal government in place and then we moved to uh, a conservative government under Harper, we didn't immediately see any get tough on crime legislation. Um, interestingly though, under the Young Offenders Act, we saw harsher punishments for young people then oftentimes we, you'd see for adults. So adults, there was not this get tough on, you know, let's get tough on, on, on adult crime. Although that did start to catch up a little bit later, I'll talk about that in a second. But we saw that there were more young offenders that were being uh, held in custody and they were being held in custody for, for fairly significant stretches of time relative to the other countries that were compared. So. We weren't, we didn't jump, Canada didn't jump on this, you know, we get tough on crime bandwagon, except for young people. And so what happens is in 2003, the federal government, you know, in light of the research of people like Julian Roberts, um, says, you know, we got to overhaul the Young Offenders Act because the purpose of the Young Offenders Act was intended to divert kids out of um, being labeled as offenders and, and being um, incarcerated. So we've got to do something about this. And the, they introduced the Youth Criminal Justice Act with a whole wide range of uh, formal and informal sanctions that are available to police, to prosecutors, to, of course, the courts. And so following his look at penal populism, he goes back to, to see whether or not the Youth Criminal Justice Act, or YCJA, had any type of impact. And what he discovers is that it actually significantly reduced the rates of, um, of both young offenders going to court as well as custody and didn't increase the rate of recorded youth crime. So in other words, actually not being tough on crime for young people didn't impact their rates of subsequent, uh, didn't impact rates of offending or subsequent reoffending. In criminology terms, we make a very, um, and this is not just criminology, but in sentencing, we make a distinction between general deterrence and specific deterrence. General deterrence is I'm not going to kill somebody because I saw what happened to other people who killed people and I don't look good in orange and I don't want to go to prison for 25 years. Uh, specific deterrence is uh, me personally being stopped from doing something because the chances of me getting caught are pretty high and it's targeted at me. So I, or, well actually let me rephrase that because that was, that was a really terrible example. Let's try it this way. Specific deterrence is I get arrested, charged, and convicted, and go to jail, go to prison. I can't be out on the street doing other things because I'm in prison. Though, quite frankly, that doesn't stop me from committing crime in prison, but that's a whole other story. But I'm certainly not offending uh, people uh, against uh, victims in the community. So there's that. So in relation to the YCJA, what... Roberts discovers is that it, by reducing the use of spe specific deterrence, it has no impact on specific or general deterrence.
And more recently, actually, a colleague of mine, Peter Nehrud at Cambridge, has been looking at the use of diversion, a police diversion program, to see whether or not we can divert offenders with um, lower level uh, offense types. So things that are not really serious, like sexual assaults, homicides, that type of thing. Maybe shoplifting, uh, maybe B&Es, that type, that sort of thing, property crimes. So what he's been experimenting with is, do these diversionary programs keep people out of the courts and jails? And doing that, does it have an impact on rates of of reoffending and or just offending generally in the community. And what he's discovered is that, it, no, diverting people from the criminal justice system for lower event level offenses does not significantly impact uh, overall crime rates. Now that said, of course, we can always point to the, um, uh, the booster who's on, you know, charge number 58, and there are always going to be those examples of, of people of that nature. We don't know what the, the proper levers are to push to, to create a deterrent effect, but clearly I can tell you one thing, specific and general deterrence ain't working. So we'll have to come up with something else. But Robert's contributions to understanding sentencing, what works, what doesn't work, um, has been significant, not just here in Canada, but across the globe. So if you're interested in understanding sentencing a little bit more, You've got to check out the work of Julian V. Roberts, now of Oxford. And on that note, I will say catch you on the flip.